Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. So I don't know about you, but I had a pretty bad week, pretty difficult to say. And um, I'll talk a little bit more about this, but it was definitely um, brought up uh, a lot of emotions for me is what's happening in Israel and in the Gaza Strip. And uh, Anyone else concerned about that at all? Most of us probably are. So I wanted to do something um, very practical and very simple today. We're going to pray in a minute, but I actually want to start out with something even more simpler than that. And it will tie into what I'm going to talk about today, about God grace. <clears throat> and the simplicity is just using this bowl which is a Tibetan singing bowl. And what we can do is, without saying a lot of words, without making it complicated in any way, is just all take all the love, the care, the kindness, the compassion, the hope, the faith, everything we have, and just place it into this bowl. And then strike it. Doesn't have to take long. All we need is focus our intention, place all that in our bowl for whoever it is, whether it's for Israel, for Palestine, for the Arab countries, the Middle East, for Ukraine, for Russia, for everyone else in the world. There's people suffering regardless of political conviction and beliefs. And we have the power, the literal power, together to make a change. So I'm going to start out by handing it to one person. And I know the camera will probably lose me right now, so I'll keep talking. And I want you to just every single person in here to do exactly that, and then hand it to the next person and make sure that everyone has an opportunity. And don't worry um, about the prayer being disrupted or the message being disrupted, you do whatever you need to do. And don't take five minutes. Just go for it. <laughs> and I want all of us to participate. And the ushers are going to help just in case you need some assistance in transferring over. Okay? And every time you hear that strike, Thich Nhat Khan does this in his place. When the bell rings, everyone focuses on world peace. And we'll just see how this works today, okay? 
It's an opportunity for us to do something very practical and very powerful together. So let us pray. With every chime that we hear today, we recognize that at this moment, in this very place that we are, there is this essence that we may call different names, but an essence that we all share, that of infinite potential and possibility. And we tap into that right here and right now. Every strike will remind us that in prayer, we tap into that power, the power and presence of God, the power and presence of nature, universe, or any way shore that has come before us, the power and presence of us being willing to take time, being willing to sit still, and to move our power into this world. In prayer, we enfold everyone. We do not refuse our love, regardless of our conviction. In prayer, we only enfold and embrace and invite all that deserve to be loved, because all are deserved to be loved. As much as everyone is deserving, we too are deserving. And in our prayer in this moment, we recognize that. And we find the gratitude, the gratitude within ourselves, our partners, our families and friends and our community to understand that. We envision world peace by being at peace. We envision world love by being love. And so it is. Amen. <clears throat> I don't hear any strikes. Where is it? There you go. <laughs> Let's do a race. If you get the ball back to me before I'm done talking, you win. <laughs> no, just kidding. So God grace is my grace. <clears throat> I was going to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, part two of there is no denial. But then um, I saw or was pointed out to me that first sentence in today's absolute word. And um, I thought that's actually a good, really topic to, you know, good topic to talk about. Because it, it, it talks about. Not sure why this is happening. Okay. Can we change that in any way? Let's see. Someone is on it, tech team, so that everyone can see it. Um, so the first sentence says, in the absolute word, grace is not something God gives to us or others. Who choked on that one? Couple, right? So a couple, you know, hearing that may understand this in many different ways. And that really depends on our upbringing and how we learn to relate to God. Because it's pretty interesting, right? God is not some, a grace is not something that God 
gives to us or others. And that can be challenging because it resonates very well with unity beliefs, which also are represent, is representative of the theology that we follow, which is different to the normal theology that most of us grow up with. Now, the word gives is really important here. God gives. That's a very common way of relating to God, isn't it? God is giving us the grace that we seek. God is giving us the fortune that we have. God gives us, does stuff to us, and so on, or we receive things from God. Very common way of looking at it. So let's unpack this a little bit. It's probably a little hard to see, but on the very left, you see the theistic approach, which is God is separate from the universe. And that's what many of us grow up learning. God is separate from us, and so God has to give us good fortune or grace or wealth or whatever we imagine or desire in our world. But then when you look at the, all the way to the right with that infinity symbol, that's where unity is aligned with, then it's also hard to see. We give together. God and us is giving together. It's not that God gives anything separate from us. We are and must be involved in that giving. That is the only difference. So instead of God giving us anything on his, her, its own, we are involved in that constant relationship with God. That's what oneness means. That creative process of giving together. So let's look at this for a moment, this infinite relationship. There's never a moment in our lives when this relationship is not there. It's impossible, according to our beliefs in unity, to be separate from God. We may feel separate from God, especially when things like, um, you know, Gaza Strip, Israel, the attacks and all happen, we feel like there they cannot be any God there, right? We have often also personal experiences, breakups, uh, losing a job. In a moment's notice, we may think God may not be there. But we must remember that according to the principles that we teach, God is always there. Because this relationship cannot be severed by anything or anyone. Even if we are at the lowest in our lives, this we can always trust in, that God is always there. So now, how do we understand that relationship? One way of understanding is that God is and we do. God simply is, and we are the ones who are doing the doing. Make sense? So God just provides, in a sense, or God is 
there. We don't deny that ever. But we are the ones who have to do something. And both need to happen at the same time. So if we are that you know, spiritual couch potato I left you guys with last time, um, then nothing is really going to happen. God still is, and we are doing something. We're doing nothing is also something, right? But then nothing is really going to happen. So if we want to be loved, then guess what? We have to do love in order to see that love happening because that's what this relationship means. Another way of looking at it is God is potential and we are the activity. It's basically saying the same thing. God is that infinite field of potential and possibility. It just is. It cannot be limited. It cannot be put in a box. It cannot be described. It just is. And then we are the ones who take that potential and we become active. That's why you hear so often you have to put feet under your prayers or you have to walk, not just do the talk, right? So God is, we, too, we do, God is potential, and we are the activity. And here is probably the most challenging thing to think about, and I don't need you to accept it right now, but take it with you as a possibility. God, we, do not exist on our own. If this is true, if there is an infinite relationship that cannot be severed between God and us, then naturally we must consider that God cannot exist on its, his, her own, and we cannot exist on our own. Because otherwise that relationship wouldn't work, right? So we must exist for God to exist, and God must exist for us to exist. Challenging, isn't it? Anyone challenged by that? I hope you guys are, because I'm challenged by this every day. <laughs> you know, not because I don't believe it, or not because, because it's something that sometimes when the week doesn't go my way, I have a hard time seeing. Like this week was really rough for me. <laughs> There's multiple things that happen. All it seems at the same time. And by Friday, I was exhausted. I was so exhausted that I backed out of the garage and busted my taillight on our car uh, running into the garbage can. Never, ever done that. But I was so consumed by negativity and by, um, uh, by grief, by judgment and... Um, you know, worry and, and all those things. Anyone can relate? Right? So consumed that that's all I was in that moment. And in that very moment, when I busted the taillight, guess what I did? I screamed the heck in that car. I think the whole neighborhood. And I used so many curse words, it would take 20 minutes to line them all up and get through to them. Right? Not, not a lot of God in that. Wouldn't you agree? Okay. 
And it actually took me quite some time, right? I did prayer, I did meditation, I did the usual things that we teach you to do. Oh, you just pray, just meditate. Guess what? Nothing worked, you know? I was sitting there, kind of like in my mind's eye, you know, and like, you know, going back and forth, like a crazy person, it seems. Guess what? What worked? Eventually, I calmed down enough, came back home. I was going through some paperwork. I was leaving alone for too long. And I found this card. And it was a card someone wrote to me a few weeks ago. And I opened it. I didn't remember. I opened it up. I read the words. And it was just what I needed to hear. And the whole world went back to this. Did God give me grace? Or was I willing to allow that grace to come into my life? That's the question that we should ask ourselves. And you might have a different answer than I have. Or you might disagree with Unity's answer or anyone's answer. And in the end, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we learn to take responsibility and learn to be active. In the end, I was the one who had to read the card the right way, don't I? I could have just taken the card and shred it and say, I don't believe that. In the end, it was my choice to accept the words that were beautiful and comforting and encouraging and compare it against my whole week which was evidence of the absolute opposite. And I chose a few words over my entire week. And that's how I found, oh, okay, there is potential. All I have to do is take it and do something with it. Make sense? Okay. So, then, we could say, if this was all true, we could change that sentence to, grace is something God, we, give to ourselves or others because God is not separate from us. The way we receive and give grace is by tapping into our Christ potential, how we often call it, or our God potential, or if you prefer, uh, you know, get in touch with the universe or feel one with nature. Whatever your phrase is, it's the exact same thing. It's a symbiotic, inseparable relationship, and that's how we give grace to us and to others. God cannot give us grace unless we allow it. God cannot give us grace unless we allow it. It's another way of looking at it. A little bit more traditional. Still, God is giving us something. But think of it this way. What if you're comfortable with the idea that God is giving you grace, but what if you don't allow it? Looking back at my week, there were so many opportunities where even if God would have given me grace, I wouldn't have allowed it. 
into my life because I was so consumed with the pain and with the judgment and beating myself up over it that I did not stop and open my heart for the grace to be taken in. It works both ways, doesn't it? It works if you're thinking theistically. God being separate and God giving you grace, you still have to allow it, don't you? It also works if you think process relational panentheism, right? Where we are in this infinite relationship. You still need to allow it because if you don't allow it, guess what? You don't do anything. You become the spiritual couch potato and then grace is there, but you're not doing anything with it. Then I learned something new. Never heard that before. And do you remember the story about our Honda Element? Elaine and I bought the Honda Element. I could have sworn before we bought that car, this car did not exist in the entire world. And once we bought the car, right, we saw it all over the place. Even driving home 30 miles, we saw at least five, six, ten elements, right? Get the idea? Same thing here. Never heard that ever before. It was pointed out to me, I think Thursday or Friday, when was it? Um, and I told him, I said, Elaine, never ever have I heard this in my life before. Guess what? Since then, I heard it multiple times. Okay? It's just so funny how our mind works. There, by the grace of God, I go. And I did some research because I wanted to know what it actually means. Some would attribute it to actually St. Francis of Assisi, who then is believed to quote something from the first Corinthians written by Paul. And chapter 15, verses 8 to 10 read, Last of all, as to one untimely born, Jesus Christ appeared also to me, for I am the least of the apostles unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. And here it is. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. That is the scriptural quote that inspired the quote before. This is a, a lot to say. First Corinthians, both letters are very important in Christian um, belief system. Um, here he is talking about how Jesus died on the cross and then was resurrected three days later, and then a few days later he appeared to various of his disciples and later to more people, and he recognized here that he was among the last, if not the last, to, which, to whom Jesus appeared. It's a form of humility he realized, because he used to prosecute Christians, right? As Saul, Saul, before he became Paul, he was a prosecutor of the Christians until he converted in his experience. But here he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And I want you to note the following, the I am that I am, or I am what I am, which you might recognize as I am that I am, the burning bush, speaking to Moses, God's giving his true name to Moses and then saying what we believe is a reflection 
of that oneness relationship that we believe we have with God. The first I am being God. The second I am being we. I am that I am. But by the grace of God, here we go. Together, not alone. In the second letter to the Corinthians, Paul wrote something else, but very significant, that we all need to understand in this context too. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me, but he said to me, and what he's talking about, Satan, he's talking about Satan in the previous verses, how Satan came upon him and how he struggled. Satan would just challenge him all the time. So he appealed to the Lord to, to, for Satan to leave him. And then God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. And those of you who have been around for a while, you know that one of my favorite, absolute favorite verses in the, word, in the world, in the Christian scriptures, connects to that weakness, the power in weakness, the belief that there is power in our weakness, or also known as humility. By the grace of God, here I go, right? It's also known to be a proverb that connects us with our humility, a humility that we need to assume that by the grace of God, by our own humility, we get to be who and what we truly are. And here again, it connects God saying to Paul, power in weakness, humility. And here, oh, that's from last time, if you remember. If you, if you don't know how to be humble, just imagine some of your friends going to a therapist and they told about you. That makes you humble, don't you think? Um, if you're the subject of someone's therapy, that's a humbling experience. I'm not sure. I don't want any raised hands. How many of you go to a, your therapist and talk about me? But uh, maybe, maybe some of you do. But ultimately, when you think of the Sermon of the Mount, this is where my favorite verse in the entire Christian scripture comes in. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meek, often translated as weakness, falsely translated as weakness, it's strength. And you have this connection here. In the second Corinthians where God tells Paul, your power in humility is your true strength. And here we see it reflected in the Sermon on the Mount. That it's our humility and our ability to be humble where our true power lies. So then we could say, grace is something God, we, give to ourselves and others with humility. I want to go one step further before we move into meditation. What about if we replaced grace with some other words? What about love? Or peace is something God we give to ourselves or others with humility. 
kindness with humility, compassion with humility, strength, inspiration, creativity, or even happiness. And everything applies, said I said today. And whether you believe it or not, no one is asking you to change your mind. No one is asking you to change your belief system. But maybe you take this with you for today. That God cannot give you anything unless you allow it. Whether it's love, inspiration, happiness, strength. We got to be part of this. That's what oneness means. We're not separate but we're only one. And ultimately, our choice is something that God we gives to us with humility. I found this. It's actually attributed to... Um, what's his name? <laughs> Denzel Washington. <laughs> it's attributed to him. It's actually an original quote by a British psychologist, Robert Holden. Beware of the designation addiction, the idea that happiness is in the next place, the next job, or even with the next partner. Until we give up the idea that happiness is somewhere else, it will never be where you are. So by the grace of God, here we all go together, individually and as a community, with humility and as we allow it so. And finally, mindfulness is living in the present, right? The here and now. And if you're a cat lover, you will love this one. Just being in the present, I feel better already. So let us take that in, into our meditation. come to a place of quietness, recognize the peace that passes all understanding, a peace that we are perfectly able to tap into at all times. Maybe remember for a moment when you held the singing bowl in your hands and you allowed all your love and compassion for the world to move into it 
and how it felt like to strike that hole. To allow that resonance to take form and spread throughout our community, but much further so. And even if you were at home watching the live stream or later the recording, I hope you found a way to participate. Noticing how easy it can be to stop everything we do and come together. So we are not limited by our prayers and meditations. We're not limited by our thoughts or feelings. We're not limited in any way. Instead, we are perfectly capable of doing the things that we ought to do. regardless of how difficult they may seem or how far away they may appear. Right now, individually and together as a community, we have the power to tap into our humility and extend our grace, God's grace, to the people for which we care. Whether they're here in this room, at home, or thousands and thousands of miles away. grace of God, together we go. God is always with us, and we are always with God. Every moment that we take find that truth within ourselves, the truth beyond our anger and fear and judgment and worries, the truth that deeply connects us with who and what we are. Whenever we do that, It will be a ripple that moves through this world and this universe. A ripple of kindness and compassion. A ripple of goodness and inspiration. 
a ripple of love and care. No longer we have to seek it outside of us, but finally find it within us. So let us now think about those things that we already have and do and find a moment of gratitude that we can extend to just that. Allow that gratitude to consume our very being and allow it to go beyond the bounds of our bodies and our minds so that together we can find what truly holds us true and alive. In this simple act of thanksgiving, we find that meekness, that humility, that gives us strength. And we allow that strength to be present as we move forward today and every day. Look around you as you open your eyes pretty soon and take in the grace of God that's looking at you. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org. 